0: I think it's very impactful when somebody uh, shows that they care and love about love someone just because they're a human and because C- Christ called us to love people. And when that's demonstrated in the real world, because I feel like that's somewhat rare, it certainly leaves an impact.
1: Welcome to the Construction Disruption Podcast, where we uncover the future of building and remodeling. Join us as we explore an industry that is always evolving with new products, new designs, new practices, and new technologies. From builders to remodelers to executives, as well as sometimes folks with outside perspectives, each episode of Construction Disruption meets with forward thinkers as well as others in the know who want to share their unique insights. Construction Disruption is created and sponsored by Isaiah Industries, a manufacturer of specialty metal roofing systems and other building materials. I'm Todd Miller of Isaiah Industries. Our co host is our sales manager, Seth Heckeman. Creative director, Ryan Bell, and content creator, Ethan Young, are our behind the scenes production team. So, Seth, today, was Snack Day here in the office. That's our infamous day where we all bring in snacks. Did you bring in a snack? What did you bring in? Oh, you I, actually,
2: I bailed on Snack Day. <laughs> well, that so, means you, don't, you haven't eaten anything. Yeah, then, don't right? ask me if I've eaten any uh, of it, even okay. though I didn't contribute.
1: Well, all I know is I had a piece of peanut butter pie at 7.30 <laughs> this morning, uh, which was probably not the smartest thing for a diabetic. Uh, Also, probably not the smartest thing for now. I got like the sugar crash thing going on. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, well. Hey, um, really glad to have you joining us here um, for uh, another episode of Construction Disruption. Um, Seth, I've really been looking forward to today's episode. Our guests today are Mason and Jordan Burchett from Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, we've, of course, known Mason uh, for a few years through his work as Director of Marketing for uh, marketing and Development, I should say, for uh, Best Buy Metals. Uh, Jordan, his lovely wife, is joining him today, and she is, by her own admission—I stole this from her Facebook page—a wife, mama, child of God, entrepreneur, writer, and coffee lover. Gosh, now, well, I can't really be the mama, but I'm not a wife either. Most of those things apply to me as I look at them. But, okay, well, a couple of them don't. Anyway, it's not often that we have a husband and wife uh, team join us here on Construction Disruption. Well, who am I getting? This is the first time we've had a husband and wife team join us. Um, but there is good reasoning in our madness. You see, part of leading the way in the construction industry is being resilient and being able to lead others through change and sometimes through turbulent waters. Um, certainly with supply chain disruptions, we've seen plenty of turbulence in our industry, um, and that would be the entire construction industry in recent months. Um, however, um, on a very personal note, Mason and Jordan have gone through some change and tough times in their lives the last couple of years, um, and they've been kind enough and gracious enough to accept our invitation to join us here today and share their story. Um, I know that their story is going to be inspiring, and also, it's going to be helpful as we all strive to be resilient and also leaders of positivity in our lives and careers. It's positivity, word, I, yeah, it works. Now I, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, Mason and Jordan, welcome to Construction Disruption. Oh, I can't say that today. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Todd and Seth,
0: for having us on. We're excited to be here with you guys. Good deal. Thank you.
1: Well, let's dive in first by giving Mason an opportunity to tell us a bit about Best Buy Metals uh, and their work in the $1.6 trillion North American construction industry. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do and what you do there, Mason.
0: Yeah, so I am the Director of Marketing and Development at, uh, at Best Buy Metals. We're a regional manufacturer of metal roofing products, and I'm still not sure what my title means (laughs) Uh, I think they added the development part just so they could pretty much make me do whatever needed to be done. Uh, So it sounds great uh, and we'll roll with it. Um, But I like to tell people that at Best Buy Metals, um, people like to think we're a metal roofing company and we're not. We're a people company. And uh, that's certainly how we strive to be. We're in the people business. And uh, we look for people that have problems that we can provide a solution for. And those solutions come in the form of metal roofing products. So we manufacture metal roofing and we walk with customers from the estimate to the sale to the manufacturing. And we even connect them with an installer that
1: we're confident can get the the roof installed the right way. That's cool. And you guys have gone beyond metal roofing and doing pole barns and awnings and all kinds of stuff right
0: we've dipped our toes into the into the world of steel trusses and post frame building and even metal siding Uh, we've got our own line of board and batten panels now so we're
1: we're experimenting with the with the steel world i will say this they're very active on facebook and social media so follow all their stuff and you can keep up with what's going on there um so good stuff and Talking of titles, what was that crazy title I made up for you when you started with us? It was it was a cool title. It was
2: Marketing and Development Strategist. Oh. So I think if I had gotten promoted, I would have been Director of Marketing and Development Strategy or something, but, but yeah. But you went
1: straight it. from there to uh, File Clerk, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. My, my favorite titles are when there's
0: two or three facilities and they add global before it. So global.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> especially like those. <laughs> we do you think about that That'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway um anyway before we get into what you two have to share today jordan um tell us how you two met was it love at first sight
3: <laughs> i would say love by second or third date <laughs> after uh-huh. we got to know each other a little better awesome. that's debatable we, we somewhere angry. around there. <laughs> so <we> met, <laughs> this is so embarrassing because your parents tell you never to meet someone online but we met on facebook and we met up at a place near we grew up in asheville north carolina so we met up at a place, just a local place in Asheville, and we haven't stopped talking ever since. So
1: that's cool. Well, you guys, it's fun following you and you're <laughs> so uh, open and transparent with your lives. And, and I uh, just, just love, love you too as a couple. You're great. So thank you. Well, let's go ahead and dig into your story. And I know it's a very personal story, but you know, you both have been very open and very sharing about it, um, which I suspect really is probably out of your goal to be inspirational and encouraging to others and see that you know God's given you this story and there's a reason for it, and, and you know, you're going to share that as you can, and I appreciate that. Um, their story has been uh, one of a journey with testicular cancer. I kind of gave away when I said that, which one of them was afflicted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was <hate. laughs> Um But, you know, as, as I watched from the outside, um, and, you know, you were kind of sharing that, gosh, you know, I've got this diagnosis, and things happened. Incredibly quickly, um, as I was kind of paying attention to things you were posting, and um, a lot was thrown at your family in a very short period of time. I um, just kind of curious mason or or Jordan too, if you could give us kind of an overview of the cancer discovery and the treatment and you know how that all played out
0: absolutely yeah um, so we're I'm definitely very open about talking about it. people don 't realize, but it's actually the leading cause of cancer in young men from. Ages 18 to early 30s. Uh, and not a lot of people are aware of it. So it needs to be talked about. I also really enjoy the reactions when people, when I tell people I have cancer and they go, oh, what kind? And then I get to tell them it was testicular cancer. It's always very awkward a couple of seconds <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was actually, um, you know, I, I hadn't been to the doctor in years, probably since I was a kid for a checkup. And uh, I just was, you know, we've had two kids and I work all the time and I feel a lot older than I am. So I was like, I need to go to the doctor. I haven't been in forever. And uh, I went to the doctor and he was slightly concerned during the checkup and uh, somehow got me in to see a urologist um, pretty quickly. And so uh, I went and saw a urologist and he sent me, uh, well, they sent me to get an ultrasound the, the following day. And so I got an ultrasound and then went to see the urologist the next day. And uh, he said, oh, that's that's definitely uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. And so wow. you always think, I always, uh, I mean, I know plenty of people that have been diagnosed with cancer and you hear these like stories of the doctor, you know, being very somber and breaking the news that you've got cancer. Mine was very chipper. He goes, yep, that's definitely cancer. And uh, I was like, okay, great. Well, thanks for the, the, the easy let down there, doc. And, uh, I was like, okay, you know, how do we go from here? And he goes, well, you know, we have to do surgery. We have to, to remove the tumor and the, everything else is involved there. And, uh, I was like, okay, so what kind of timeline are we looking at? This was on a Tuesday and he goes, well, what are you doing Friday? And uh, so I said, I guess I'm having surgery. And so I was diagnosed on Tuesday, Friday morning. I went in uh, to have surgery and, uh, it's, the name of the cancer, the, the surgery is actually a lot different than you might think it would be. Um, the the surgery takes place in your low, lower abdominal area. It's kind of like a C-section for men, which is great. So right. uh, it put me out of commission for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it did happen <laughs> fast. It was really within, all within a week of just thinking I was
1: going for a checkup and then having surgery. It was yeah. pretty bizarre. Wow. How you doing today and and uh, everything going well yeah I'm
0: one year removed from the diagnosis so far I actually had my one year CT scan uh, this week and I'll get those results uh, next week sometime and I'm excited for them to be clear so. Good. Well, we'll be praying
1: for that. And, Thank you. Yeah, that's right, because I remember you were kind of going through a lot of the treatment and stuff right over the holidays um, to boot. Yeah, that's right. The nature of the cancer is it usually
0: it'll get in the blood and land in either your lymph nodes or your lungs. So that's typically what they mm-hmm. scan. They've been scanning me every three months, and so far, so good.
1: Good, good. Well, um, quite a story and and certainly something no one ever wants to face. Um what, what sustained you through it all? And I'll, and I'll really ask that to both of you.
0: Yeah. I'll let Jordan jump on this one. Cause I've told a lot of people it was, I certainly had moments where it was tough for me, but I think cancer was probably tougher on her than it was on me. <laughs>
3: I don't think so. Maybe physically tougher on him, obviously, because he also went through chemo. He left out a very important part. Mm-hmm. He had a whole week long, um, situation with chemo, he was in the hospital for a week after that with other like chemo induced infections. So there was all that too. Um our I mean, our faith in Christ definitely brought mm-hmm. us through. You know, we honestly, I can't even say that it was because we were praying that things would get better. I think it was because our family and our friends were praying for us. Cause at the time we were so shocked. We you could we didn't know you don't know what to pray in those times or what to do when right. when you're faced with something especially as young as we are. It just was not on our radar. We've been, you know, he works Really hard and I stay home and I have my own business. We were just doing life, our usual life. Um, and then it just hit us. So definitely our faith got us through and our friends and family, we had family come and stay with us to help us out with the kids because we're really far from both sides of our family. So it was.
0: Yeah. It was, and you know, Todd, I'll be vulnerable here with me with you from a faith perspective. I would like to say I was the guy that when I was diagnosed immediately you know, prayed and said, it's all going to be okay. And, you know, it really wasn't what came into my mind. I didn't really have the wherewithal to pray or um, like Jordan said, it was just kind of a shock. And this is where I'm so glad that uh, faith isn't something that's in my hands. It's in what he can do for us uh, because God was so good to us throughout this entire process. And it certainly wasn't because, um, we were so good about asking for his help. It's just because he was good at helping us.
1: Yeah. And I, and I can relate my wife and I, you know, went through cancer as well. In this case, it was, it was, uh, her, but yeah, I, I can relate to that. I can understand that. Yeah. It's uh, you're, you're just trying to get through to some degree and live in moment by moment. And it, and it is a lot, the prayers of others, I think that helped to sustain you and, and bring that feeling of love and it's going to be okay around you. So That's Absolutely. Good. I mean, you alluded, I mean, there certainly were some dark and difficult times. Anything that really stands out to you as having been a particularly difficult time? For sure.
0: Um, you know, I am I consider myself very legacy minded. I'm very uh, into the business and success and making an impact. Dave Ramsey and... Uh, Ed, my lad, not those are my guys, you know, and so right. their creeds are my creeds and I, I love the legacy stuff and, um, really having to stare down my legacy as a 25 year old guy wasn't something I was mentally prepared for, you know, and, uh, so it was, it was those, those periods where we didn't know if the cancer had spread. We were waiting on test results to come back. Uh, we didn't know what stage it was yet or anything like that. That and that was and that was a solid week where we really didn't have any information, and so during those days, you know, I was going to my legacy box, and anyone that's read the legacy journey by Dave Ramsey knows what the legacy box is, and you know combing through my will and looking at my life insurance policies and making sure you know if something happens that my family's taken care of and and then reflecting on what have I done, how you know how have I treated people in business, you know how what kind of mm-hmm. friend have I been? Uh, what kind of impact have I made this far if, you know, if this is where this goes? Uh, so staring down my legacy at 25 was was probably the weirdest thing, but one of the most um, rewarding things in retrospect that I think could have happened. So obviously you can't
2: go through that and have, have be forced to kind of comb through that that deeply at that age. And at any age, that'd be incredible. Uh, incredibly difficult. So looking back on it now, a year later, what are, how has your perspective changed or how, how have those changed? How the way you look at your legacy, how is it different than it was a year and a half ago?
0: Yeah. And you know, I was, like I said, I've always been, not always, but in my adult years, my twenties, I've always been very legacy minded. So like the things that I knew mentally, Um, that I wanted to do. None of that really changed, but there is just a certain vantage point um, that I don't think you can really describe unless you've been in that situation that you gain from being in the situation that makes everything you read in the books that much more real. Um, And I think the will to implement those things is heightened exponentially after going through that experience.
1: Jordan, I know you've been, you know, Particularly proactive in in sharing your family's story and your journey through this. I'm just curious, and, and you know, God, we know uses those stories for good. Any stories that have come back to you um, already, where it's been encouraging or helpful to others to hear your story?
3: Um, I'm trying to think. I did have one friend reach out, and she said her husband had recently been diagnosed with lymphoma, totally different cancer. Right. But, um, He's doing really well so she said I've been following your story and she said it gives me hope and like what do I do and how do I take care of them I like care of him when he's going through his treatments but one interesting thing is um a, an old family friend of Mason's her husband went through the same cancer um years ago and he it, his was like it went on for years and years because they didn't do the appropriate treatment at first and so he actually got us in touch with a specialist in um what state was that in Indiana Indiana and, um, he's like the, he's like world renowned, renowned for testicular cancer research. He's like, he developed the, um, the standard treatment for it. Like the, is it the gold standard treatment? Right. Is yeah. He called it.
0: It's a certain type of chemotherapy he developed.
3: And so our okay. family friend got us in touch with this man who, who's booked for, you know, years at a time. and We were able to get in touch with him. And, um, it's the same wow. doctor
1: that treated Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Okay. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise blessing we were wow. able to get in touch with him.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's incredible the way that, you know, God can weave those connections and stories in our lives and how you see how they all lead to something that, uh, in the end was, was the right thing. Um, yeah, I remember hearing when you were up in Indiana and, and, uh, yeah, a lot, lots of prayers for you guys at that time, that's for sure. So I'm I'm sure that as you're going through everything now, you know, you've got two fairly young children, they were what, two and three at the time or in that range? Yeah, somewhere in that, two two and four, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much of what was going on were they able to grasp or, or um, you know, how did you help them and provide them assurance um, through all of this that, uh, well, regardless, it was going to be okay?
0: I was passed out in the recliner most of that time. So Jordan was taking the lead on most of the reassurance. (laughs) I mean, they certainly knew that something was wrong with daddy. um, But I mean, what what do you think?
3: They didn't appreciate when he shaved his head. They were not happy. That's true. Um, But my, honestly, my mother-in-law came and lived with us for almost two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, She came to live with us basically because he was in the hospital for a week and I could only visit during certain hours. So she's really the one that, that, um, help them get through that time. Cause it was fun. Cause you know, grandma's there and she's going to spend time with you and play, but we, we didn't tell them a whole lot. We didn't really try to use the word cancer around them just because we were nervous. I didn't, especially with our oldest, who's very anxious as it is. So I think now a year later though we do talk about, talk about it more. And we just kind of share as how God, like how God brought us through that as a family and how we're healthy now. And this is, Know we take care of ourselves, so we kind of use it as a teaching moment, I think, or try to.
1: Yeah, I I saw the grimace on your face earlier, Jordan, when Mason said that uh, he hadn't been to a doctor in years, and you're like, "Uh." "It had been
3: years, ten years."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a
0: long time. Yeah, which has changed now. She there's. There's zero chance I'm allowed to miss a doctor's appointment (laughs) at this time or miss taking my vitamins every day, actually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big proponent of vitamins right now. No doubt about that. Yeah, certainly helps boost the immune system. Oh, yeah. So so one of the goals I set for myself uh, when 2020, what year is this, 2021 came up, um, was I wanted to be more proactive in reaching out to people who were going through tough times and, you know, send notes and cards or emails or whatever that might be. Um, you know, I, I still sometimes I hear of someone and, and certainly during the last year and a half, we've all known a lot of people who've gone through, um, loss and difficult times, but a lot of times I, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, what were some of the most, anything stand out as some of the things that meant most to you that folks reached out to you with that may help the rest of us know, you know, what, what do you really need at that time when you're going through something like that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the, I guess I'll brown nose because this is your podcast, but in all honesty, Todd, um, you, you checked on me frequently when I was going through that, which I appreciate. Thank you very much. But, um, yeah, you even offered to come and sit with me at the hospital in Indiana and we've known each other, you know, for, for a couple of years, but we're not super right. close, you know, but, um, the, the fact that you were willing to do that made a huge impact. And I've actually told many people that don't even know who you are, um, in my family that, yeah, you know, a guy I'm connected with in the industry, he owns a very successful company, you know, offered to, to come down and sit with me during my trip. And that's, that was very impactful to me. Uh, that you were willing to take time from your busy schedule to do that, and I, and that was actually inspiring to me to to, to do the same for others, um, and I think that means a lot to people to know that they expect people that are in their close circle to be there for them. I think it's very impactful when somebody uh, shows that they care and love about love someone just because they're a human and because christ called us to love people and when that's demonstrated in the real world because i feel like that's somewhat rare it certainly leaves an impact
1: yeah and and it's and it's it's stuff that we can all do that really is so easy um although you know you need that inspiration to know what the right thing is to do and and hearing stories like yours are i think helpful to everyone to help us know you know how can we come alongside others how can we uh, you know, bring them some hope and some. I'll go back to positivity. How's that? Yeah, positivity. that's good. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's we. We're so inundated with with the news and even bad news mm. Scrolling through social media. There's plenty of people that are sick. There's plenty of people that just lost a loved one. And we become somewhat numb to it to where it's easy to think, oh, that's terrible. And then scroll to the next piece of bad news and not realize that there was a life affected by, you know, the person that posted that. And so uh, just just having the presence of mind to slow down and maybe click on that person's profile message and message them and say, you know, I'm so sorry, praying for you. Let me buy your lunch, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Uh, I think that goes a long way.
1: Good stuff. Well, you know, as you look back on stuff, and again, you know, a year removed, and and we will be praying for you as you, you know, do those follow-ups. And I know what that's like. Been through it with with uh, in our family as well. Um, what? And I think you touched on this earlier, but you know, what really different viewpoints do you? now have that you know you'll carry with you forever
0: yeah i mean i think um really trying to just use this story especially for people that are within my age group um because there is that level of invincibility you know it's not going to happen to me or i'm you know i've got time to work on my legacy and uh i think just using that story as a personal example of hey look you know something good happened to you you know, Stop goofing around, and, and uh, you know if you're wanting to do something, do it. Or you know if you're if you mm. if you're going to change later, change now, or whatever the situation is. But I think just using it as a uh, as an example of imminence has been the most impactful, the best tool that I've taken away. From.
1: What was it like for you as a leader at Best Buy, Mason, as you were going through this and you were obviously pulled out of work? And um, you know how did you? How did you help guide your team through that, or or maybe it was uh, Adam or Nathan or Isaac or others? Um, what things did they help do to provide reassurance to their team during that time? Do you recall anything?
0: Yeah, um, and we you know we've got a fantastic leadership team at Best Buy Metals, and I, I give them all the credit in the world. And they really, um, they really gathered around during that time uh, to take care of me and my family, and I'm forever grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, that was probably one of the most surreal moments is sitting down in our, our conference room with, uh, with Mark Tipton, our director of sales, Isaac and and Adam. And I was like, Hey, listen, guys, I'm going to be out for a while. I've got cancer. And, um, you know, the, their first thing was don't worry about Best Buy Metals. You know, we've got this, you know, we need you don't get us wrong, but we've got this, we'll, we'll put in the OT to make sure your stuff's taken care of. And, um, you know, I think that that cascaded throughout the rest of the team and them seeing Adam and Isaac and Mark and the, and the rest of our core leadership group step up to the plate, um, and making sure that, uh, there was continuity of, of my responsibilities motivated everybody. And, uh, they were all, of course, very good to our family throughout that entire time.
1: I bet. And, yeah, I mean, as as you know, I spent a little time down at your company a, a few couple months ago and just was so impressed by the entire culture. But, you know, that all is leadership driven. Sure. Um, and just so impressed by that. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was good to have you down there. I'm glad you got to hang out with us. Oh, it was fun. Do it again sometime. Jordan, I know that you're very entrepreneurial in life, and and I know that you have a lot of things going on. I'm kind of curious, share with us a little bit about the things you've got going on in your life and uh, maybe even some advice on how you juggle everything with a young family and and keeping up with everything as as well as keeping up with that guy there by your side.
3: Yeah, it's a lot. I wouldn't say I juggle it well, but um, so I, I, I guess around a little over a year ago, I started my own business. So I own coffee with a friend digital media. So I specialize in website design and business branding. I try to stick to those two things. So I help other brands stand out in a crowd is what I, that's kind of like my slogan, my unofficial slogan. So I love it. Um, I work from home and stay home with our kids and we also homeschool. So it's a lot. Uh, my day starts very early and it ends not super late, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we don't stop all day long. So, um, that's kind of what I started. Also write. I love writing. That's a passion of mine. That's something separate that I do. Um, But typically the business and raising kids and keeping up with Mason um, keeps me busy. So I would say for about ba- as far as how do I balance it, just working on time management, always giving lots of grace. There are some weeks where I have to work eight hours a day. You know, it's not a straight eight hours. It's maybe two hours here, two hours there running kids places and um, teaching them and everything else. So just lots of grace and time management, good time management.
1: So so no harm in a shameless plug. How do people learn about your uh graphic design branding business? How how can they tap into that?
3: Yes, you can find me at www.coffeewithafriendmedia.com or I'm, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at at Coffee with a Friend Media. So you can find me there if you need a website or any kind of business branding help.
1: I love that coffee with a friend. Now I'm thinking of like Jerry Seinfeld and the comedians in cars or whatever. You need to do something like that. That'd be awesome. Well, this has been great. Um, We're getting close to where we'll probably close out before too long, but I have to ask you um, if you'd like to participate In our rapid fire questions, the rapid fire absolutely, absolutely,
0: it can't, it can't be
1: any worse than
0: you, uh, than you roasting me in your interview with Adam without me being there to defend myself. (laughs) I don't remember that at all. (laughs) I recall you saying that if if I could put a pole barn up, pretty much anybody could do it.
1: Oh. Yeah, that was, sometimes we say things that really <laughs> reflect ourselves. We just cast it on somebody else. Yeah. So rapid fire consists of seven questions, which may be silly. They may be serious. Um, your only commitment is to provide a quick answer. Now there's two of you. So what I thought we would do here is I will ask the question and address it to one of you first. And then I'll either ask the same or maybe a little bit different different question to the other one. So you're actually going to get a total of 14 questions. All right. So let's, away we go. Rapid fire. Jordan, what annoys you the most about me? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't answer that.
3: Let me find my link. I'm just
1: just kidding. Jordan, if you were a high school teacher, what would you teach? English. English. Awesome. Man, you're Person after my own heart. Mason, what would you teach if you were? Personal finance. Now that's, that's the Dave Ramsey coming out. Yep, I got gotcha. you. There is. I got gotcha. you. Good stuff. Mason, what is Jordan's favorite meal? Oh, man, put me on the spot. <laughs> I don't
0: know. What? Pro- probably something chicken involved.
3: Get <laughs> <Strong>. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, so my next question was going to be Jordan. Is he right? But I can't. So Jordan, what's your favorite meal?
3: <laughs> I I love pizza. I could eat pizza every day, all day. That's Just my second pizza. guess. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> very simple.
1: <laughs> Good deal. Um, Jordan, back to you. What is your bucket list vacation?
3: Um, probably Italy. Italy, uh. Greece, air, that area there in the world.
1: Dang, you keep giving my answers. (laughs) Mason, what's your bucket list vacation? Uh, That one's tough. Either Mars with Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) And William Shatner. (laughs) William
0: Shatner, of course. Or or maybe Scotland. That's where my relatives are from. My ancestors are from Scotland.
1: That's cool. We had some uh, friends that were recently in Scotland, and they said they were going on a hunting trip. They were hunting stags. Uh, I kept wanting to comment from their Facebook page the first three or four days, it was much more of a drinking trip (laughs) than a hunting trip. It is Scotland. (laughs) It it was Scotland. (laughs) Uh, okay. Mason, what's your favorite way to relax?
0: Oh, reading a book. Absolutely. I could read books all day. We're actually about to go on vacation. When we hang up with this call, we're driving to the Outer Banks. And my goal oh, for you. is to sit on the beach and clear two books, two full books over <laughs> the next seven days.
1: So what, what, do you know what book you're going to read first? I do. My first book is going to be Praise of Folly by uh, Erasmus. Oh, cool. Very good. Jordan, um, what's your favorite way to relax?
3: Probably to go for a very long run with no kids or husband. <laughs>
1: you
0: could you could append with no kids to any answer and it applies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I only had one kid. I remember that. Although, you know, Seth is about in the same boat as you guys with two kids right now. He feels so. our pain. You can say anything exactly. with no kids. Yep. That's our favorite way to relax.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay, Jordan. There is a infamous photo of Mason going around on Facebook. Do you still will let him wear the bright green pants, yellow belt, yellow shirt and yellow bow tie?
3: <laughs> no, we got rid of those the first year we were married. Maybe the first six months we were married. Those went to Goodwill. So no,
0: <laughs> and those pants were expensive. So I'm still bitter about that. <laughs>
2: So, you can go buy them for $1.50 at Goodwill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one's bought them yet. You're probably here.
2: not.
1: So I'm thinking of these at Goodwill. You'll recognize the person who buys them. <laughs> well, Mason, my question for you is gonna be, what in the world were you thinking?
3: <laughs> excellent
0: question. And the good thing about Ganser is I can always say I went through chemo since then. I don't know what I was <laughs>
3: Terrible.
1: Good answer. Um, Mason, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? A meteorologist.
0: I, I was awesome. reading college textbooks in meteorology when I was in in middle school, and uh, it didn't pan out. <laughs> Somehow I wound up in metal reefing. I don't know exactly how that happened.
1: <laughs> well, we, we do think a lot about the
0: weather I in do. this industry.
1: So. so I guess that
0: works. And I've got a good friend here in Chattanooga that's our local
1: meteorologist. So, you know what? Some of that dream got fulfilled vicariously through him, I guess. Oh, that's Awesome. Um, Jordan, same question. What did you want to be when you grew up?
3: Uh, I think I originally wanted to be a um, teacher.
1: Oh, awesome. She's since that. changed her mind since we started a homeschooling.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> now,
1: now you want to be a teacher just without the kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, one more question. Um, Jordan, today's Friday. Any big plans for the weekend? Well, I know what they are. You're going on vacation. We, we blew that That's question. Right. are yeah, going
3: did. on a 10-hour road trip with two kids under six, so it should be interesting.
1: That's awesome.
2: We'll be praying for you for that as
1: well. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. please, please.
3: It's a long drive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, 10 so hour 10-hour road trip with
0: two kids turns into about a 15-hour road trip, so we'll see how that
1: goes. Uh, you'll make great memories, of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll be watching for the Facebook post. <laughs> so, thank you both very much um, for joining us and being here on Construction Disruption. This was not all entirely construction oriented, but I didn't want it to be. And, you know, I, I realized that, you know, your story and, you know, very personal story, at times painful, but, you know, also um, seeing the beauty of God in the midst of that and looking back on it now, I, I think. I think stories like that, there's just lessons for us in our lives and in business. So that was the reason I really wanted you uh, to share it. And so thank you. So is there anything um, that we haven't covered yet today that you would like to share with our viewers or listeners?
0: You know, i don't I don't think so. I'm excited about what you guys are doing with the podcast. you know, it's right in line with what we try to do, and I'm excited to see, uh, the industry the metal roofing industry in particular grow and expand and evolve into uh, such a user focused uh, platform and i love seeing the podcast the the the, uh, the hype is real i've heard a lot of people talking about this podcast that aren't that aren't right in you guys inner circle so uh you're already making waves out there and we really appreciate that
1: well, as as you guys do too, and thank you. And sorry, I, you were at MetalCon. I missed you last week. You nope, were there. I didn't you? get to make it. No. You weren't there. Okay. Well, I missed Adam. Adam spoke. No, maybe. It's actually his fault. His wife is very pregnant, and so oh, that's well, right. We both got yeah, kicked out of the plane. So, <laughs> no, we didn't get to make it. We didn't get to make it down there. Hopefully next. Year. Well, now I don't feel so bad that I didn't <laughs> see you there because I I got home and I was like, how did I miss them? <laughs> uh, you would have seen me in my bright green pants if i had been. There. <laughs> I can only wear it when I'm out of town <laughs> I, <laughs> I would have I would have seen that well we'll be thinking of them so they're due time right oh yeah any second now any second now awesome well we'll be watching for that so uh, you had shared you go you're welcome to give a, a shameless plug again Jordan I'm just kind of curious um, how would folks connect with either one of you if they wanted to
3: yeah so you can find me at my from uh, my business at www.coffeewithafriendmedia.com. I'm also on Facebook Instagram. The same handle, Coffee with the Friend Media. Um, so that's where you can find me there on Facebook.
0: Yep. Yeah, and uh and again, I work for Best Buy Metals, and a big part of what we're doing right now is educating consumers and contractors on proper methods to install the products that we manufacture. And so you can connect with us at metalroofing you, the letter U dot com. And uh all the videos and socials and poorly written blog posts are <laughs> there. <laughs>
1: Well, this has been great. Um, Thank you both very much for taking time out of your busy lives and and joining us here today on Construction Disruption. Did you have anything else, Seth?
2: No, this is fantastic. Thank you for the light
1: and witness that both
2: of you are, both uh, in your personal circle and our industry as well. So uh, very grateful for it.
1: Thanks, Seth. Thanks. So thank you to our viewers and listeners for tuning in to this episode of Construction Disruption uh, with our guests, Mason and Jordan Burchett. Um, I hope that you have been as touched and inspired by their story uh, as we have been. Please watch for future episodes of our podcast. We have more great guests coming uh, up on tap in future episodes. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Until then, we encourage everyone, go out change the world for someone, uh, make them smile, bring them encouragement, uh, bring them a little hope. Those are all some very powerful things that we can do, like we touched on earlier, um, to change the world one interaction at a time. So God bless, take care. Uh, This is Isaiah Industries signing off until the next episode of Construction Disruption.